Hey everybody, welcome back to Punk Till I Die podcast number 35. I don't know if that's a milestone or what. I'm Tom Trom, one of your hosts sitting in sunshiny Grand Rapids, Michigan. Rained all day. There's Liverpool Neil sighing in the background. Still raining in the greater Chicago area there, Neil, or what? It's been a miserable fucking day today. It's been gray and pouring with rain all day. Yeah, it hasn't let up. up. Things are looking up now. Are they? Yeah, we're going to talk to a... Talk to a friend of mine that I'm oh, looking forward to. Oh, that's what you mean. Okay. Catching up with a little <laughs> bit. Oh, Punk Till I Die podcast uh, on, Facebook doc, or on Facebook and uh, Punk Till I Die 77 at gmail.com when you send us hate mail for one of the songs we're going to play later. Oh, ouch. Um, ouch. <laughs> so I'd like to introduce uh, Mike Alexander. He's from uh, Hip Shot Killers, his main project, I would say, but he's in a bunch of bands and uh, played guitar in the gadgets when he was a young man. So how you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, Tom. It's really good to talk to you again, man. Yeah, you too. It's it's nice to catch up. You know, it's funny. You were actually one of the first people I thought of when we started doing this podcast. And then even more when all this coronavirus stuff happened, because a few years ago when we talked, you were making your living playing guitar. And I know we talked recently, you know, more recently, and you're, you're working a, a kind of a regular job. But I'm yeah. like, oh, man, you were totally out, you were totally out of work. Um, so how are you going to, how, how's, what's going on in, Ke- in uh, Missouri? You're, cause you're out of Kansas city. So what's going Kansas on city, in Missouri, Missouri as far as Missouri. Down, and, uh, how are you riding this thing out? Um, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, I kind of hadn't been playing with as many, um, you know, like, you know, just like cover bands and tribute bands as much over the past, well, since the last time I talked to you really. And those, um, but those so, are kind of good paying gigs traditionally, right? Yeah. Kind of I mean, better than your punk band, if we're being honest, right? Oh, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's un- and unfortunately, I mean, that's like the only real way you can you can really make money playing guitar, at least in Kansas City, Missouri, if you're in a punk band, you know, yeah. or, at least, or at least my punk band. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of just, uh, that, that work had just sort of not really dried up. I just kind of just didn't, I wasn't doing as much of it. And I, I don't know, I was just kind of getting burned down on it, you know? And mm. so like when, when this, when the, when the quarantine happened, it was just kind of like, well, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I was kind of okay with it. I kind of needed a break. So what kind know? of, so, what kind of tribute bands were you playing in? I'm just interested in that. That's weird. Uh, well, uh, like uh, I'm in a traditional, uh, country band, okay. uh, that does like, you know, like all old school, just like, you know, 60s and 70s, Waylon Jennings and Hank Williams and Johnny Cash and like that kind of uh, country music. And that's like a two or three hour a night kind of kind of thing. Like, like real country music, not oh, backwards for baseball cap. Original so. Hank nah, Williams, yeah. No, nah, dude, yeah. no. Nah, yeah, we do all that. Yeah, OG Hank Williams. And we have like hundreds. Of, we've been playing together for a real long time. And it's cool because like all the guys in the band are all kind of all older uh, like punk dudes like me. But they're, they're just like really into country music. So like we hmm. all kind of come from the same original kind of school, you know, so we, we all kind of speak that language as well as being into, you know, uh, a, a very Americana, you know, types of uh, country music. So so that that's that's you're about my you're about my age, Mike, like mid 40s. Getting yeah. towards yeah. breaking towards past the mid 40s. Break, breaking towards <laughs> fucking towards... youngsters. You goddamn yeah, yeah. youngsters. I don't want to hear about it. Fucking yeah. running, running towards fifty right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm running towards. I'm running towards sixty. <laughs> I'm going to be forty-seven in a month or less than a month, and I mean, I can still call that mid-forties, right? Oh, sure. Uh, well, 
Yeah, mid to late 40s. <laughs> I'm not going to mention but that late. I'm not going to mention that later. Probably. And That's hey, right. man, you know what? Uh, the drummer, the drummer in Hip Shot Killer, he's going to be 63 pretty soon. Wow, is that right? Amazing. And he's still yeah. playing punk rock. Yeah. Yeah, Boy. he's doing quite well, too. Yeah, Watch out, the, UK subs. You yeah. got the new guy, your new guy lined up. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so, he'd be a young guy in the UK subs, probably. Yeah. So, but you, so you, uh, you're still doing hip shot killer, obviously, but you're probably not practicing. And you, th- that was more of a kind of band where you kind of picked your shots anyway, right? Like you kind of have got yourself in a position where you get the cool gigs around town, but you didn't play a ton or, uh, very, very much so. Um, I mean, I don't know if we, I mean, we got a couple of cool gigs for sure, but there's a lot of cool, there's a lot of gigs that we didn't get that I would have liked to have gotten, especially mm. in the past year. Um, that was kind of another kind of reason that, uh, like I said, before the quarantine happened, I mean, we were all just kind of like, you know, you know, our record came out about a year ago and we yep. played a lot on it. We worked a lot on it and it was just kind of like, you know, I, I could really be okay with just like taking a few months where we just don't play, mm-hmm. you know, and like maybe work on some new stuff and just kind of, just, just kind of let everything just sort of like decompress a little bit. And then, you know, and then the fucking world caught on fire. And so it kind of worked out that way. Well, so so it's- so sorry, how, go ahead, Neil. how do you two know each other? I mean, if you're from Kansas City and Tom's up in Michigan, how, how the hell do you guys you know, know each other? Tom, I think I didn't. I sent you uh, the last record, like the our single, I think, right? No, it was actually goes back to they will try to kill us all. Um, uh, you reached out to Punk News in general, and and my guy said, "Hey, send this to Tom." And Oh, there that's was, right. Because, so because... there was there was there's a key. There was a guy who used to be a punk news regular, and he doesn't come around anymore. I'm still friends with him on Facebook and 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 things like that. But he's he's a mutual friend, Justin. Oh, oh, Justin and, Brookmeyer. Yeah, yeah, and I think he Brookmeyer. kind of opened the gate to me because I actually know a ton of people from Kansas City. There's two bands that I really like, and you guys couldn't be more different, even though you're both in the realm of punk. It's you guys and the Uncouth. Oh, I know those guys were well. Another sure. great like Oi Street punk band. Neil, you'd love them. That's a great name. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah we played they're, with them they're, they're, they're a great band. Like I said, they're they're both, you know, they're much different than Hip Shot Killer, um, but they're both punk bands. And I swear I used to see like gig flyers where you guys were both playing the same show for like, you know, Swingin' Utters or something like, oh, those are the two bands that get all the cool cool gigs when the when the touring band came, comes through. <laughs> well, but, you know, maybe, that gig. <laughs> maybe I just saw like two of them and it just permanently imprinted my mind. And the other person I know is Johnny who runs uh teenage heart records oh johnny stark yeah and i'm pretty sure that all either came through you first and then and then justin or whatever so mm-hmm. so yeah i actually and and you know i was I, actually neil i was mentioning that i got i know a guy a little bit who's who's a filmmaker like tv yeah, yeah. guy who's mm-hmm. a punk guy that's that's him he's in kansas city and he's done some really cool stuff so maybe we'll have to have him come on and talk about what he, what he does too so what's his name johnny what uh stark johnny stark okay Dude, oh. that would be really cool. Johnny's a great dude. He's, he's a youngster, really... isn't he? I mean, he's even like thirty. Oh yeah, he's thirty. He's like probably okay. in his he's mm, he's probably in his mid thirties, I think. Okay. He's he's kind of part of that like uh that 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 scene that's about ten years younger than me. Okay. So I got gotcha. you. So, but you you actually so you actually had a lot of success playing music when you were a very very young man. I don't know if we'd go so far well, as you, success, so, but so you, uh, so you played with the gadgets with the Phillips brothers. Yeah, um, how how'd that end up happening? You were not the original guitar player, right? Uh, no, no, you, I you they added they added me. Uh, oh, they, they added. were they were a four piece band. Well, originally, 
originally, you know, they were a three piece back when they were just like a straight ska band. Now, hold on a second. Let let me just interject a second here because some people might be getting confused because we interviewed Rick Sims from the Digits on episode Ah, 17. And this is the Gadgets, a completely different band, even though it's spelled kind of similarly. But yeah, different bands. Very, very different. Although I saw the Digits open for Pegboy years ago and they were awesome. They are. They were an awesome band. And if you get a chance, listen to episode 17 because that's a hell of an episode. Rick Sims is a funny guy. He's He's still a wild man. He might not drink and act like a maniac anymore, but he's still a very funny guy. And some some of his stories were crazy. Yeah. Oh man, I'll, I'll totally listen to that because I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. He, yeah, I, I he, met the, he met the Ramones and hung out with Yoko Ono, and he's had a crazy musical career. So oh, I'm it's, sure it's yeah. definitely worth checking out. So anyway, sorry, the gadgets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you so, saw the you saw the digits open for Pegboy, and they were amazing. Where was that? Chicago or something? Or was that like? No, that was in UKC. Lawrence. It was in Lawrence, old Kansas, um, which is a college town about 40 minutes from here. Yep. At this this old uh, it was like this tiny little punk club called the Hideaway. Okay. Um, I think this was in like '93 or maybe '92 or something like that. But uh, yeah, they were they were definitely on tour together. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, they were great. They were they were a cool. lot of fun. So I mean, they weren't as good as Pegboy, but not many people are. So. <laughs> yeah. so how'd you how'd you end up hooking up with the 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 gadgets then? Oh well, I was in this uh, this band called the Revolvers. Um, beforehand, okay. uh, who actually Tom, you might kind of like. I'll, I'm a, I'll send you a link to that to the oh. art record that's on Bandcamp. It, it's pop punk, but it's like pretty slick, like pretty. It's very songwriting oriented kind of oh. kind of pop punk. Um, and that band just like I mean, I, I could give you a two hour just sludge fest about how awful that band was to be in and. <laughs> Like like to be in, yeah, not not the yeah. band itself, but the no, the, no, toxic the, the band itself was situation. pretty good. But like just it just it, 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 any anything that could have gone wrong did, and it's not like we like the members hated each other or anything. It was it was actually quite the opposite. Mm. Um, actually, the the guys in Hipshot Killer, the drummer and the bass player in Hipshot Killer, were also the drummer and bass player in the Revolvers. Mm. So like okay. basically, revolve like Hipshot Killer is basically the Revolvers without uh, the singer. It was in the band before. You go have a twenty-plus-year relationship with these guys. Oh yeah, at and, least. And okay. Yeah, and dude, uh, me and Chris, the bass player, we skateboarded together in junior high. Like mm. we've known each other for forever. Mm. Yeah, we we go we go way, but we didn't play together until we were in a, a, like earlier mid twenties. Like we we both played music in high school, but we just never played in a band together. Mm. Just didn't work out. But so that, at any rate, that band, uh, after a whole bunch of just, you know, uh, failed tours and failed record deals and failed everything, finally just broke up on New Year's Eve 2000. And I had been talking to Brandon Phillips from the Gadgets. Like, he and I were like pretty good friends because okay. uh, like these two girls that we were dating at the time, like uh, they they those girls were best friends. So like mm-hmm. we ended up spending a lot of time like hanging out with them. And he was telling me that, like, you know, he's like, he was thinking about like doing all these extra guitars on their new record because they were kind of changing their sound, right? Like, they were a ska band, but they were kind of like doing this more like kind of ACDC, Rolling Stones kind of rock and roll thing. Mm. And mind you, this is like the late 90s, early 2000s. So this is like before like the White Stripes and the Strokes and like all the kind of like neo. But this is when ska was at its kind of commercial peak, too. Yeah, but like those guys were just fucking sick of playing it. Like they just really mm-hmm. had felt they felt like they'd just been like put into this little box 
you know, musically. That oh, yeah, they if, just, you're in, if you're in a ska band, yeah, that's yeah, certainly man, in just, a box right there, yeah. Yeah, totally. And they were just <laughs> like, you know what, we just, we did it, and we're kind of done with it, and, you know, we want to do something else. And, you know, it, it ended up getting them kicked off Epitaph, but... Uh, <laughs> So of course that's that's when I came in, you know, like uh, you know, get get kicked off the record label. And then, <laughs> Congratulations! So, so, it was, so, so they were so Neil, they were actually they were actually on Hellcat, right? Which was a yeah. which was an epitaph. It was Tim Armstrong. Tim Armstrong's, right? yeah. They were the first band that Tim ever signed to Hellcat. Actually, oh, is that right? Because he's yeah. revived he's revived that label recently. I think weren't the Interrupters on Hellcat, Neil? Yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think so. I think he's re I think he's resurrected it recently. Yeah. I, well, I don't know if that ever went away. I mean, they had but, some psychobilly bounds on there too. Mm-hmm. So, so you were you were after the epitaph stuff was over, or the Hellcat I, stuff was over. I literally joined the band. I think like two weeks after they got dropped from Epitaph. Like, okay, okay. I, I actually check, picked check out, out a I this actually is... picked out a song to play that was on the Give 'Em a Boot three comp, and you have credit on that. I swear, and I was really trying to be careful to pick a oh, no, gadget no, right. song that you played on. Yeah, that's right. Like we ended up we, like the gadget still we got we got put on those given the boot comps pretty much in perpetuity like for the the rest of the band. And we like we was always right? got put on those comps. Yeah. It was just pretty cool. Like I, I mean and it, that wasn't like totally uncommon for Epitaph to do things like that to like put mm. other bands that weren't on Epitaph or Hellcat on those comps. So that's that's kind of how we got on. I mean, I, I'm always shocked that a whole generation of kids were so influenced by those comps. Yeah. Because um, I kind of missed that because I was always like a full LP guy. Like if I liked a band, I was going to buy their record. But mm-hmm. I, he beat these kids who, you know, find music the strangest ways, like to give them the, those comps or like video games and crap like that that I never really experienced. Mm-hmm. So I bet you that's probably the songs that, you know, when you were playing, I'm sure those are the songs that people went mad for, right? Oh, there were definitely people who who only knew us through those compilations, or like you know, or whatever songs that we had on those comps. Like I, I would hear that a lot from people for sure. Hmm. But, but the uh, truth, no, sorry, actually, there's there's a I, I just remembered uh, the, the this this is this is the real way I joined the gadgets. I just remembered. Okay, so. So me and Brand are kind of like hanging out. Uh, the revolvers are coming to an end. This is all like tail end of 2000, you know, Kansas City punk rock time, right? And at the time, uh, I don't know who put it together, but we, we were going to do this big benefit show for some local charity, and we were going to call it KCDC. Yeah. And it was going to be a bunch of punk bands <laughs> who are going to get together and play ACDC songs, right? <laughs> Now the revolvers were coming to an end, and so and so Brandon and I are hanging out together all the time. I'm like, "Hey, dude, you play Malcolm in my band, I'll play Malcolm in your band," kind of thing. So like, he came and played with the revolvers on a couple of songs. I know Highway to Hell was one of them. I don't know what else we did. And then I played in the Gadgets on a bunch of ACDC songs. Well, when I went to practice with them, we you know we we tore through the ACDC songs, and then they were like, "Well, hey, do you want to play some Gadget songs too?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And so we started playing some songs and I just kind of, I just, I fit in. And so next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm in the band now. And that's, that's how it happened. So, so the, but the gadgets actually had like a major label deal for like five minutes, right? Oh yeah. Literally five minutes. <laughs> so, so this is kind of a wow. funny story, right? So you got, dude, you got that was, signed... that, that, oh yeah. I mean the next two years. Yeah. I'll, I'll try, I'll try to take no, you through no, the next No, please go ahead. Yeah, please. In, in like, in, I'll give you the bullet points. So. You know, uh, revolvers break up. I joined the gadgets literally the same night. Uh, we went and recorded. Uh, and by the way, like you just know sometimes when you're playing with the right people at the right time. 
you know, and like that's really what I felt like when I started playing with those guys. Like, I mean, we just kind of knew that we're like, dude, we should have done this a long time ago. Like this, mm. this is really something like we are not not really sure what it is, but like this feels really special to us. So we went into the studio, um, I think, like maybe two weeks later and recorded um, all of the songs that would later come out on the Thick Records release. Um, Today's my day. OK, That's so that Chicago label, isn't it? Chicago label. Yeah, yep. um, that came out, I think, um, maybe like five or six months later. Um, now, we had done a bunch of touring, just like, kind of like here and there around that time and uh you know so so we go on tour for today's my day we tour for like fucking four or five months at the end of that uh we play south by southwest uh you know we we got signed i mean we were like the it's like the classic uh, thing that happens at south by southwest wow because everybody yeah. I, I always got I signed always by who most. yeah somebody uh we got signed to rca records wow um oh, shit. Just, yeah yeah it was, it was it was a lot of fun man it was really really cool uh we we got signed um, and I mean, yeah, that did not, that was not overnight. That was like, you know, a three or four month fucking, uh, massive <laughs> negotiation. Then this is all the while we're still on tour the whole time. So it was, it, I mean, it was just like a day by day thing. Like, okay, the deal's on. All right. The deal's not on. All right. You're recording here. All right. You're not recording here. I mean, it was, did, did you have any kind of a manager or something or how was, oh, who was, God, who was yeah. helping you with this? Oh yeah. Yeah. We had, we had a manager who did a really, really great job for us. who we're okay. still friends with to this day. Um, and you know we had we had a couple different booking agents. Because you guys were young. I mean, the the, the Phillips brothers. Some of them would have been really young at this point. Oh right? yeah, dude. yeah. Like dude, underage, I was, maybe. I was the old guy in the band, and I was twenty eight. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I think when I joined, I was twenty six. So like, I think when we got signed, when we got signed, I think I was still like twenty seven or something. Okay. But uh, so Adam so, would have been. Adam would have been. I mean, was Adam like eighteen? He was nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he was nineteen. He was nineteen. It's, it, I'm was, sorry, Neil. It's three brothers. It's Phillips. There's three brothers, and they're they're. That's the like Gadgets the Beach Boys. Were, yeah, sort of. <laughs> and Mike is their Mike Love. No, I'd never say that about Mike. That's a terrible thing to say. That's very, very, say it. Come very on, you gotta give more credit than that, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just cruel. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Keep going. Uh, oh, so so we got, we got signed. We went to L.A. We made um, a five song EP uh, with Gilby Clark. Uh, who used like from to be Guns and Roses? from Guns N' Roses. Yeah. We were actually doing pre-production down the hallway from uh, the band uh, that was practicing that would later become Velvet Revolver, hmm. which was pretty funny because like, you know, we had members okay, of Guns N' Roses. STPs. Oh, that was, yeah, Slash. and Yeah, it was Slash yeah. and Pat and uh, a couple other people. I don't, I don't know if Duff was in that or not. I don't think he the was. Singer from, I think it was Duff and Slash and, the, and another guitar player and the singer from Stone Temple Pilots, right? It was. It was, it was Scott. It was Scott Wilder. I mean, it's not really my thing, but, I mean, talk about being 15 feet away from fame, huh? Oh, nor, nor mine either. I mean, it was, I mean, it was actually, those guys were really pretty, pretty fucking cool because, like, mm. we were in, like, the small rehearsal room, like, working with Gilby. And they were in like the big one, you know, but they would kind of come through and just see, hang out with Gilby's like, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, oh is this your new band? Oh, what do you guys sound like? Okay. And they, they were really, really neat. You know, it was just, it was just could, you cool. raid their, could you like raid their cooler? I bet you they had like nah, dude, they services shit, than you, right? No, we, no, me and Zach broke in there one time. We couldn't find anything. <laughs> no, man, you'd be like the Sex Pistols and you steal the guitars and shit. You steal yeah, the guitars and the ramps and just wheel them out. Uh, well, you That's could only you, you could only get into like 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 the the big the, the big room has its own separate lobby and like you could only get into the lobby. Like you couldn't actually get ah, into gotcha. the room. Yeah, yeah. And they were like 
security guards and shit there. So Gilby Clark seems like an odd choice. Was that was did you they give you a few to choose from, or the label say, "Hey, it, we think this is the guy." It was. We, I don't want to say we got pushed into working with him, but it was kind of between him and a couple of other guys who we weren't as jazzed on. And I mean, we met him and he seemed cool. And, you know, he, he just, he was really into the Rolling Stones. We were really into the Rolling Stones and he was a Midwest guy. And so we were like, yeah, man, let's give it a shot. Well, but, hold on. Uh, I, I, have you guys dropped Scott completely now? Are you going a completely different so, direction or? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We, we were not doing any kind of Scott. We were doing like a, I mean, I mean, at that point, I mean, we were all like just obsessed with like the band and like Mars Volta and fucking, Oh man, Modesky, Martin, and Wood. I mean, we just we we're just going all over the place. But so he didn't think of changing the name of the band if the if the. Well, I think just I think we'll get I think we'll get to this eventually. Okay, actually, just because so. that that would be the logical thing. I mean, I don't know any of this history, so that just would but, be yeah. But, but yeah, but the label if a label signs a band that's I mean, this is a band that was able to sell some independent records, has had some success touring, you know, and and yeah. it's for them to change their name, you know, the label wants that. But, name, you know, yeah, but, kind of yeah, but, name. yeah, but yeah, but hold on. The the label thought they were buying a ska band, probably. Well, and I think we're gonna get to that. <laughs> I, I, I right? don't know the exact story, but I think <laughs> no, we're gonna see, get to that. No, you see, that that's that's the thing. That's they they absolutely knew that they didn't they weren't getting a ska band because oh, okay. actually the okay. uh, the guy who eventually uh, signed us, um, this basically this chick who was like his assistant saw us at in in Austin at South by Southwest, and she was like. Hey, you got to check out this band, The Gadgets. And so he checked us out. And he wrote her back. He's like, "It's a fucking ska band. I don't want that fucking." She's like, "No, no, no, no. they're not a ska band. Like, you got to, you got to come see them." And so he came and saw us because we were in New York like two weeks later at Brownies. And he came and saw us, and he was just like, "I listened to your records, and I didn't get it. And I saw you, and I get it. So come to the fucking label." And we were like, "All right, cool. We're we're going to Canada for two months. But yeah, when we get back, we'll sign with you guys." <laughs> that's, that's I think I think we've done that thing. I think that we've done that thing, Neil, where we've gone too long without playing the song. So why don't we why don't we jam a a gadget song in here right now, and then he can come back and tell us about the rest of this gadget stuff. I love. I actually love this story. Yeah, it's good. I've been I've been doing a lot of writing about third wave ska stuff, Mike. So this is actually very oh, very. Cool very timely and it's like half the people who are involved with it feel like they were chewed up and spit up by the machine and the other half are i don't know i don't know what the other half feel like i think the other half found careers that they still have to this day well it's funny because i actually was able to really briefly interview both (laughs) play play the song man (laughs) i was able to very briefly interview both adam and uh brandon so i i I would see how you're so anyway anyway let's uh yeah so let's play this was on give them the boot three and it's uh one stone throw from a riot
So there you go. One stone throw from a riot by the gadgets when they were still a ska band, right? So do you do you you listen to that now? I mean, do you, does it give you a sense of satisfaction or a sense of dread? Or like, does it make you like cringe? Are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know oh, what makes me, I know no, what makes no. Neil cringe. He hates third wave ska. <laughs> <laughs> give me some, give me some first and second I wave. Yeah. You see, I, I don't I don't consider that song or anything we did on that record ska at all. I mean, like well, it's that. It's got the upstroke guitar, and it's got some. I mean, it doesn't have horns, but it's got some kind of that backbeat. Yeah, yeah I mean, still. I don't. I I mean, we kind of thought we were doing like a like a more like a like an Edwin Starr kind of like hard soul kind more of like thing. Like funk. Oh, huh. You know, I, think, I mean, I think it's, yeah, I get some soul out of that. Yeah, like when most, I when I listen to it, I get some soul. Like out most, of that. most all the songs on that record were like you know heavily influenced by huh. that kind of stuff. Like you know, Northern Soul meets ACDC. I mean, that's like what we were going for. With like you know, huh. with like with like Rolling Stones well, uh, style. Well, can song. I can can I ask on that then? Is that why is that why you got thrown off Epitaph? That's absolutely why we got thrown off Epitaph. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, because they thought they were getting uh, yeah yeah something actually, different yeah. What had happened? What had happened before I joined the band? They had recorded different versions of all of those songs that would later come out 
on uh, today's My Day, the thick record, mm-hmm. and Epitaph um, declined it. They were just like, yeah, this we don't know what to do with this. You guys are off on something else, and we don't want to be a part of it. Now, now Epitaph was kind of getting rid of a lot of people at that point. I mean, the party was definitely over. I mean, they they'd certainly kind of like overextended themselves. And I think just like I mean, I think the kind of way that they looked at it was just like the gadgets were, you know, we were an expensive band, and we weren't making any money for them, so they they cut us loose. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because like in the mid '90s, when we were youngsters, when we were guys in our early twenties, <laughs> maybe you guys were youngsters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Epitaph is one of those labels, like where everything they put out was almost like bulletproof. Like if it said Epitaph on it, you could pretty much count on it being of a certain quality level. And yeah. now they have gone off the rails. And I don't want to say anything bad about Mr. Brett because I'd, I'd love to have him. On. <laughs> I'd love to talk to him. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, man, they've put out some really horrendously bad. I don't even know what they call the kind of music they put out. Is it Screamo or whatever? I mean, they really have chased the dollar over. I, yeah. I mean, I get, I, I get it. I, I just put that label. Yeah. I mean, no, other no. than Bad Religion, who is literally their only like heritage act anymore, and maybe like Social Distortion, I can't even listen to anything on the label. Is Social D still an epitaph? Well, they, haven't, they, haven't, they haven't recorded for so long, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, they made one record for him, and Mike Ness had nothing but good things to say. Of course, I guess he has nothing good but good things to say about every label he makes one record for, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, guess we'll, I guess we'll see. You know, you and I will be the first ones in line at the record store to buy it when it comes out. So Next year? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, Tom, in 20 years. Tom, do you, do you not like the Menzingers? I am not a big Menzingers fan. They're a little too slick for me. Man, I, I, um, really, like, I really love that band. I'm su- I'm surprised. I mean, where did that come from? Is that like a left? Or- oh, are they an epitaph? They're on epitaph. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what's funny? And I, because we we were, we were talking to a guy who was just a little younger than us, and Neil and I were t- both talking about how we just cannot get into like bomb the music industry. And I don't know if we like missed the cutoff of that or what, because we just and there's other bands like Pup. Like Pup is a modern punk band that people oh, yeah. love, and I just could not give a crap about them. And it's nothing personal. I'm sure they're great guys. And same with Menzingers. Listen, they're Jersey guys. I'm sure they're good dudes. I have nothing against them. And I love the Bouncing Souls. And I even like some other bands that are sort of of that same ilk. They just they just didn't do anything for me. So mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing personal. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> for Neil, it's, it's personal. He, he yeah, for me, it's very personal. Like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, Neil, I, I appreciate that. I wish it was personal for me anymore. Well, I, I can't. It really, used to be. It's just not anymore. Well, I can't really develop hatred for music i don't like anymore when you're a teenager you know it's like yeah there's two kinds of music good music and music that sucks or music you like and music that sucks but as an adult i'm like listen man whatever people like what do i care what people listen to i don't want everybody to listen to the same music i do because then how will i maintain my smug sense of superiority dude this is this is a whole show by itself because i can give you a million reasons why you're wrong about that well neil your, your smug sense of superiority is overruled by your anger there's still there's still a lot of music that just sucks that shouldn't I wonder be if there's made any punk so psychologists who would like to come on and talk to neil about his anger issues with people listening to music that he thinks sucks <laughs> that's worth exploring like interject real quick yes, I, please I, yeah, yeah, i'm sorry you shouldn't have to interject I, dude. you should speak freely <laughs> check it out i i agree with both of you on different points mm. typical we'll boy you should be a politician you, maybe you should be a politician mike <laughs> riding that middle ground like that. tom there's a lot of things i ought to be <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> you and me both buddy you and me both <laughs> Uh, so, all right. So let's go back to this the, the gadget situation, just because I, I I'm oh, okay. fascinated by this. You made a five song EP with Gilby Clark. Was he yes. in Blind Melon too? What else was he in? 
No, no. Oh, dude, he was in this awesome uh, kind of like pop rock band in the '80s called Candy. That you, mm-hmm. I know it's a stupid, I know it's a stupid fucking name, but like you, like if you're, I don't know if you guys are into like you know power pop, like '80s sure. stuff, or not, like kind of like plimsolsy kind of stuff. Oh like, yeah, yeah, sure. Dude, I mean, yeah, it's not something I listen to a lot, but I, I do like this stuff. Yeah, they're really fucking good. Um, he was in that band, and he, he's, I mean, he just kind of bumped around to L.A. like hair scene for a long time, and then uh, he just he he was buds with uh, the guys in Guns N' Roses, and when Izzy quit, they were like, "Yo, we need a guitar player," and he's like, "All right, cool, I'll do it." <laughs> it's kind of yeah I'll, I'll go and be in the biggest band in the world i think you know? he hung in there for a long time too during like oh the yeah democracy oh, yeah. and all that so yeah he was actually kind of i i mean th- this now this was just like my own uh my, my own uh, kind of like personal observation that happened like while we were making that record with him i kind of got the impression that he was kind of bummed that like they didn't they weren't asking him to be in velvet revolver you know because like Mm. they're they're rehearsing right down the hall from us with like basically everyone from guns and roses except for him yeah and axel obviously and you could just i don't know i just kind of got because i even said Mm. something to brandon about it i was just like i think he kind of wants to go play with those dudes interesting huh because i mean i just i just one you think he'd, you think he'd rather be playing in a you think he'd rather be playing in a potential supergroup than producing a bunch of snot nosed kids from Kansas City? I can't believe that. That okay, seems we, in, we inconceivable. Were not at that point, yes, I, I yes. You I, weren't. <laughs> Maybe you weren't, Mike, but some of the other kids. Hey, there was like there was a guy from Wasted Youth, the old punk band Wasted Youth in Velvet Revolver. How about that? Was Dave Kushner. Oh yeah, Ooh, that's player. right. The other guitar player. Okay. He's the other guitar player. He was the guy who who Gilby wanted to be. Huh. Wow. What do you know? Well, there you go. You know, was it thing, like was it, Neil? Was it like was the original kinda... Wasted Youth, like Reagan's Youth, Wasted Youth, or like the crossover version, like that did like Black Days and that kind of stuff? I wonder. I think the L.A. Wasted Youth, right? Well, I mean, same band, but they went. They were one of those bands that sort of chased the crossover dollars, like chased the thrash dollars later. Oh dear. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Reagan's in their first their first EP Reagan's in is like the punk. That's one with like fuck authority and yeah. that's like the classic punk rock. Anyway, it doesn't matter. See, this is what happens, Mike. We fall <laughs> off the, we fall off the rails. I swear all I want to do is hear what happened with RCA Records and we're talking about LA's wasted youth. Oh yeah. But that's what we know about, you know. Well, that's where I our, mean, brain, our brains are full of all this old worthless information, but I don't know too much about uh, the LA wasted youth. I mean, I know the name, but that's all that's all I know about that band. That's all right. What do you know about the gadgets? Oh well, uh, we we made that <laughs> made that AP. <laughs> yep. We made that AP. Now now, mind you, the the whole time this is happening, um, there's this huge uh, political shift that's happening at RCA Records as well. Um, do you remember American Idol? American oh, Idol was created by Clive Davis. Clive Davis, yeah. who has done everything in the world in the music industry, and by he was coming over from Arista to basically take over RCA. The Mm. president of of RCA, this guy named Bob, who was like right-hand man to our A&R guy. The guy who signed us was like Bob's number one guy. So we were just like, dude, we have got it fucking made. You know, it's like if you have an A&R dude who's like juiced in at the label, even if it's just for like a year, like you're going to be fine. Well, basically, Clive Davis comes over to RCA fires Bob the president so of course <laughs> our A&R guy gets fired as well because that's just how that works in 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 big labels like that I mean a lot of people got cut so you know when he got fired of course they're just like well I mean you know all of his bands are gonna go too so we uh we got we got uh, we got dropped 
But <coughs> man, you guys are just like enough. the Sex Pistols, just getting thrown off label after label. <laughs> you <laughs> know, shit. believe it or not, it kind of it kind of wasn't it, it wasn't unlike that. But luckily enough, we uh, you know this was our second or third time being thrown off a label, so we had negotiated quite a nice little severance package in ah. case we were thrown off. Oh, so good for you. Yeah. So so not only do we get. Um, all of the rights to that recording that we made with Gilby, although it never came out, we also got paid a little bit of money. And that's what we took and made what ostensibly became the first Architects record with. So after the gadgets, you same yeah. ba- exact same band, right? Same band. You, you and the Phillips Brothers, four piece. Yeah. Me, no, me, Phillips Brothers, and this guy, Aaron, who was the keyboard player. Oh, yeah, the we, keyboard player, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he was badass, dude. I mean, he was, like, the main driving force behind, like, musically behind mm. that. Okay. Guys, like, he was the man. Mm. And so we, we went into the studio, and we, we took our, our getting fired from RCA money and made, made we made a record as the Gadgets. But then at the end of it, um, Aaron decided to quit. He decided he just didn't want to spend seven months on the road with us anymore, and none of us could blame him. So we decided, it was like, okay, this is a perfect time for us to change the name of the band. Like, you know, just because the Gadgets are just this band who, like, not only did they used to be a ska band, they've also been kicked off of two huge fucking labels in the past three years. So, so it didn't to... feel like a particularly valuable property at this point. No, no. And we'd been, we <laughs> wanted to change the name of the band forever. So we were just like, okay, we're going to change the name of the band, change it to the Architects, and so we just put Architects on our first, the first, the record that we had made as the Gadgets. That somebody that, else had paid for to make. Basically, yeah. And that <laughs> record came out on Anodyne Records, which is what was a Kansas City label. And they would put out the next, I think, three Architects records. Hmm. And, yeah. and you, no, the Architects, no, so are the Architects still going? Uh, we're kind of, I mean, obviously everybody's on yeah, hiatus sure. right now. Nobody's going right now. We were, yeah. we were kind of on hiatus anyway. Like we played last year at Frank uh, Turner's thing that he did out in Boston that like uh, Forgotten Evenings or Lost Evenings, whatever it was called. Mm. We did that last year, but that was the only show we played last year. Mm. So, so we were actually going back and figuring, Mike, the one time we actually met in the flesh was 2006 and you guys were doing a couple of dates with The Living End. Uh, 2016, but yeah. Was that what did I say? 2006. 2006, 2016. Anything after 2000 can yeah. be considered a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, it was just, last, say, just last year. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Same, man. Hell, I was, I was in my early 40s in 2006. Man. Hey, how would, the, how would the living end? Psycho Billy from uh, Australia, right? They were great. They were, dude, that guy's one of the most killer guitar players I've ever seen. He had just had the, the perfect tone, too. Like, we played some really shitty rooms on that tour. I mean, just like not shitty clubs, just shitty rooms where it's just like, man, it is going to be really hard to get anything to sound good in here tonight. And that dude's tone was just always perfect. I mean, just as a guitar nerd myself, like I was like, God damn, I wish I could sound half that good. Like all the time. <laughs> now, did you find anything uh, was missing after the end of the tour? Did you, were you missing guitars and stuff? Because uh, no. being an Australian, you know, they're all convicts. So <laughs> Neil, you just can't fucking, you just can't fucking trust him. <laughs> it's just, I was gonna say, dude, is this is this like a is this like a British thing or something? Just like the fuck with Australians? Yeah, we see. I, I forgot about the fact that he always likes to talk that Australians are criminals. So I was actually thinking maybe like, is the guy from Living End known as a guitar thief or what? <laughs> I guess he it was kind of subtle, wasn't it? I just kind of pushed it saying. in there. I say, dude, I mean, you know, trust me, dude, there's multiple felons in the fucking architects, man. No, no one in the living end needed to worry about themselves. They need to be worried about us, for sure. 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was actually kind of funny because I was I was talking to Mike and he was coming through it. See, now I'd seen the Architects a couple years before open for Agent Orange, but I don't think you were playing with them at that time. Did you? you no, took a break, right? no, that yeah, I I quit the band um, in two thousand and seven. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we made like two two records together, and then I quit, and I got this guy named Keenan who played on another two records. And then actually this dude, you probably saw them play with this guy named Chris Mack, who's actually a really good friend of mine. He's like this other kind of like, you know, uh, hired gun guitar player around Kansas City. Mm. Um, he just did that tour with them. And actually, I kind of figured like once once he did a tour with them, I was like, they're going to ask me to play with them again. I was like, they're just they're, they're kind of they're, they're working their way back around to me. <laughs> I can they're tell. just like they're just like your buddies, and it's like you guys are all kind of caught in like a like a loop. Like your paths will always come back together, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when I when I quit, I mean, there was there was definitely I don't want to say that there was there was bad blood, but it was it was definitely like tensions were were very very high. I think everybody kind of thought somebody else was going to do something really fucking ugly um to one another and mm. so it was it was just kind of best that like i exit at that point was so it, was it just too much too much time together just ultimately um, th- just there, had there, run its course? there there was there had been too much time together i think uh me personally i was an absolute fucking mess like i was just like a raging fucking drug addict and alcoholic at that point mm. and like you know, like the the dynamic of the band had shifted, like from being a five piece for a long time and then going down to a four piece just really changed the dynamic of that band. Mm-hmm. And like I was having trouble kind of like navigating that. And like I just I just didn't have anything else going on, like, you know, artistically, musically or anything. Like all I had was like, you know, it's me and the Phillips brothers and like I don't know. Like, it, it, I just, I guess I just, I, I think, I think I just needed something more and I just wasn't finding it with those guys. I just hadn't figured out a way to, to fit in, you know, it's hard to fit in with those dudes. You know what I mean? It's, Cause they're, they're brothers just, and they grew up together. Yeah. Right? When there's three yeah. brothers and also since those guys have been playing together for so long, I mean, you really have to, you know, you, there, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like unspoken stuff that you kind of have to navigate with them. And I just, I clearly just couldn't fucking do it, hmm. you know? So, so I, I took my exit and, you know, I mean, it was, it's not, and like, you, there was, there was never like a big blow up. The, there was, you've worked through these things over the years. Oh, and for sure. All cool. Oh, for sure. I mean, we, we've definitely had a number of like, Hey man, I really miss you. You guys are the best. I do too. I mean, th- there were, there were a number of those over the years, like before I came back into the band. Well, and I know you're not a drinker anymore, so it wasn't even like a false, like drunken sincerity, right? Oh no, not at all. And <laughs> yeah. And just, just to be, <laughs> Just, just, just so that we're all on the same page. I do occasionally drink now because oh, hey, do you? Okay. the world's okay. on fire, you know. Okay, no, no, no. I'm not judging you at all. I just I remember when we met before. I, I was I was drinking beer and you, and, and you weren't. And, and hey, listen. Yeah. yeah. Sounds I, like. I, I, tear, I, I, are you tearing up your RCA contract? What the heck was that? <laughs> you know, I still have that thing around here somewhere. Yeah. I, I have a paper copy of that somewhere. I know I kept it. <laughs> so so the, the later and I don't even know if you played on these records the architects did a cool thing where they made these like EPs that were in comics which I thought was a pretty yeah. cool What do you mean what novel. do you mean they were in comics what do you mean So they they were they had this comic book story and these and they both had a like a CD in them and uh I was I got one of them when they played with uh, Agent Orange and I got the second time when they came through with uh 
Living End. I think it was a two volume set. It's called Border Wars or something like that. Yeah, it's called Border Wars. Did you play? Did you play on those, Mike, or no? No, I didn't. That was the I other. Guy. Okay. Yeah. Actually, there's uh, that's that's all Brandon. The, like Brandon played all the guitars on all that stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did uh did you guys ever did you ever sniff any success? I mean, I don't want to <laughs> say success because I know you guys did a lot of touring and you got had a good run as as architects. But did architects ever reach the same kind of level as as gadgets, or was it just not fashionable enough? Um. It, it def, definitely not with me in the band. Um, no. I think with uh, with some with uh, with Keenan in the band, I think that they I think they did pretty. I mean, you know, they toured with My Chemical Romance. I mean, they toured with oh, Thug really? and Molly. Oh yeah, I mean, they did. Bet you they some, won't return. Bet you, bet you MCR won't return their calls anymore. Um, I, they're still friends with those guys. I mean, are they, they really? That, that's amazing. Yeah, actually, I think. Uh, of course, that tour is going to be wiped out too. Oh, Frank, Frankie Hero. Frankie Hero. I I'm, I think I'm not 100 percent sure on this. I'm I'm pretty sure it was him. He actually played bass on a tour for the Architects uh, oh. that that uh, Zach couldn't make because he um, I think he had like he had to have uh, kidney stone surgery or he had to have something like he he wasn't able to make a tour. It was like a two week thing that they had booked, and so Frank came out and played bass for him. Now, now the Phillips brothers are all they're all family guys, I think, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they're or some are most. I mean, they have families and stuff. Um, to well. Actually, Adam's the only one that has children. Oh, is he? Okay, okay. I thought they were okay, but I know they still play. They still do a ton of projects together. Um, oh God, yeah. they have. Uh, yeah, I mean those. I remember. They we, have I remember because one of them reached out to me things. like in a kind of a. Tom, we we actually did something, go. did a premiere or something for Punk News. I can't remember, but they do. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't let's matter. get onto Hip Shot Killer and play oh. another song. How's that? <laughs> no, let's actually. You know what? Did you play on? So did you play on? Um, don't call it a ghetto. Yes, yes, we, I did. Can we that's, can we go off, go off script actually. a little that's, bit and what? jam one architect song in there, Neil? What? You're making me having to do work. What are you doing? Exactly. Okay. No, so that's what? a good one, and I'm proud of that riff. That's like that's like my riff. Okay. There so you what, go. So what are we gonna play? It's called the Ar- It's the architects. Don't call it a ghetto. Just so we get a little taste of the architects. Count it in, Tom. All right. This is the architects. Don't call it a ghetto. Knock me down, I'm coming back, I'm never giving a damn, never giving a fuck, got it all out of wonder where it went, I was a man once, now I'm a resident, since you cash it in, I've been coming back through, never looking for love, never looking for you, walk every block like my last
go. Don't call it ghetto. I don't, I don't know what record. I don't know what a record is from. What record is it from, Mike? Uh, it's from Revenge. Revenge. Okay. Cool. That's the second Architects record. So, so uh, what? Uh, so you were you were getting kind of burned out on the the Architects project, and there was some tensions. Is that when you started Hip Shot Killer, or was did you take some uh, time off, or what did you do after that? I took about I took about a year off from playing really with anybody. Um, and uh, I uh, I was actually playing I was uh, playing with this band just like kind of randomly about a year after that, and we're it was kind of funny like you know we're on stage and uh, the the next song in the set list is kind of upbeat you know it's like it's not fast like punk fast but it's it's upbeat, and the drummer at the time was just like dude I don't want to do that that's too fast and I was just like all right fuck this I got to start a punk band. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm 35 fucking years old. I don't know how much longer I'm going to get to do this. Like, I got to start a punk band. Like, I need to play fast and loud now. And so, I, you know, I was, I knew this guy, Brad, you know, who was the first drummer in Hip Shot Killer. And we started just kind of dicking around in this practice space. And, and I was like, well, I can get this guy to sing and get that guy to sing. I'm like, or I could just try to do it myself. Because, you know, it's like, you know, for years... You know, I always wanted, you know, kind of like a, a, a singer, you know, to just be the, the front person of the band. So, like, I wouldn't have to think about it or do it. And I don't know. It was just always there was always something just like that I wanted that I wasn't getting from them. Just mainly just because it was like what I wanted. So I was like, all right, you know what? Fuck this, dude. I'm just going to do it myself. And, you know, either either it'll be cool or it won't or I don't know. But I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So I did. And then I uh, got Chris to play bass and. That was that. <laughs> Next thing you know, we, we made a record and then another one and another one. And uh, here we are. Because you're like you're like 10 years into this thing now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I got to say, you you guys, man, I, I, I really like your records. I've been I've been a fan of what you do. Thank and you. I think it, it's one of those. You guys are one of those flyover bands, you know, or a band from a flyover state that's just kind of quietly going about doing good stuff, you know. And the fact of the matter is, you know, you're not going to get make any money at this point or not any serious money so you, i always kind of appreciate the people who are doing it for the right reasons at this point you know when you're 25 i'm sure you were thinking man we're gonna be bigger than metallica but now it's just like hey you know i got this i got these songs right i got these songs i want to share with the world yeah or something yeah yeah i mean uh, that that is i have thought that way before <laughs> <laughs> now you don't even think that. Huh? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure what I'm thinking these days. But the, no, that the, originally that was that that was that. Now you're now you're that thinking was, my parents were right and I should have went to college, huh? Oh, I've thought that for decades. I mean that 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 thought came around. I mean back when I was like 23 or 24. Yeah. Back when I still could have come back to college. <laughs> you know, and and it's one of those things. Your record, your records are critical darlings. I mean, I read all. I mean, every review I read of your records, it's always, you know what I mean. It's it's one of those yeah. things, but that that doesn't always necessarily translate into, you know, well, so, especially when you're when you're stuck in the middle of the country. So yeah. tell, so I I'm guess the only one that I don't know anything about Hip Shot Killer really. So what is it? Three piece, four piece? What what have we got we're going th- on? We're three piece. We're three piece band. Uh, it's like uh, it's just like you know, it's power punk, man. It's like uh, it's yeah i mean i gotta hate describing my band so much um i mean you know we're 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 really into like you know the ramones and husker du and you know like really uh 
Revolution Summer DC stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, my favorite band ever is Dag Nasty. Okay. Um, you know, I can, I can that. way into the fucking Descendants and all. And, hmm. uh, but, you know, we're all, we're all really into, um, you know, like kind of just kind of pop stuff too. Like I love REM. Like he's really into like Richard Thompson and like Billy Bragg and just shit like that. And our drummer's like way into King Crimson and Zeke. Oh, and wow. Bolt Thrower and all sorts of really fucking Kim, stuff. Crim King Crimson and Zeke. Dude, he loves yeah. King Crimson. There. Now, now, you know who King Crimson is, I assume, Neil. Real artsy fartsy. I do. In fact, one of the guys in King Crimson was down, was one of the most famous guys ever to come out of Champaign Urbana. Yeah. Was that right? I mean, yep. I, I can't imagine that's something you listen to. Uh, was no, that Adrian no. Blue? Yeah, Adrian Ballou, yeah. He was from Champagne. That's right. Yep. That's right, man. Was, yeah. yeah, Adrian fucking so, Blue. Dude. Yeah, so, so all, that's the, just funny. all the hippie kids down there used to talk about well, King the, my, Crimson. My yeah. point was more that he's into King Crimson and Zeke. Zeke plays basically two-minute songs, tops, that are 100 miles an hour. They are one of the most insanely fast bands I've ever seen. Yeah, they're pretty no, great. No, like maybe there'll be like a little bit of a chuggy breakdown at some point, but the songs are just crazy. And they're all like, they're like shit kickers. They're like uh country. Like, I don't know where they're from. I think they're from North Northwest or something, but, they're, but anyway, yeah, that's, 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 that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, Mike. And like I said, I, I thought of you when we started doing this, I'm like, Oh, Mike's a guy we should talk to him for shine a little light on his shine a little light on his band. But <laughs> I got a, I got a, we got this listener named Richard. Hey, Richard. He's he's a loyal listener. Dick and he's Gerbil. Always, All right. Yeah, Dick Gerbil. He's always sending us stuff to listen to, and he sent me a picture of your new record. He's in the UK. Oh, okay. And he oh, sent you me know what? I think that dude bought a record from us. Yes, I and he says you owe him. He says you owe him a record. He there you go. Today. He's, but he sent me a picture of it, and he said, he said, Tom, you should have, have these guys on. And he said, you probably know them. They're from Kansas City. I'm like, dude, Kansas City is like a 12-hour <laughs> drive from where I am. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I mean, under, he's under the impression it's like England and everything is like a two-hour well, drive. That's, that's what I think. I think, yeah, I think right. people think that Midwest is just is just that small. But then I had to say, but I do know him. So. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, Tom. He knows, knows so everybody. Anyways, like all North Americans just know each other, right? It's like, well, I happen to do – I do know that guy, but – Exactly. I mean, I don't it's know only, how – so, by accident. So I know at least one of our uh, listeners, and and we tend to definitely. I think we've our niche is definitely kind of older older dudes, but um, I know definitely you, you know it was, it was demands. One of our listeners is going to be very thrilled that you're on, Mike. Yeah. The rest well, of them are going to probably get to go. Who the hell is Mike Alexander? But that's all right. Well, now he said know. he said today at one fifty four p.m. Uh, at one fifty four p.m. <laughs> he posted if it's Mike, ask him where my record is. Probably in quarantine. So there you go, Mike. I'll say I sent it. I sent it some time ago. Yeah. I sent that thing at least two weeks ago. There you go. He'll probably get it tomorrow. Well, go. he showed me a picture of one, so he must have ordered a different one. Like I said, or maybe. Oh, maybe you got they, the picture from. He ordered a copy of "They Will Try to Kill Us All," which uh, is a second record. Yeah, yeah, a few years old now. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that was that was the one we were on when I last talked to you. Okay, let's uh, let's play a song from that. Okay, let's do uh, let's do the opener. Let's do um, anthem. Oh, cool, good. First oh. track on the record. So this is from "They Will Try to Kill Us All." Hip shot killer anthem. <laughs>
by Hipshot Killer. So, so what 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 do you you know one of, one of the things I used to sell Neil on a guess if he has no idea who somebody is is I will always say he's a skater because Neil is a 57-year-old <laughs> skater who broke his arm only like what 2 years ago Neil was that No, nice? it was Memorial Day last year. It was coming oh, up really? on the yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice dude. Right well, on. So so I always, I always and and you know, like I so say you you and I are pretty close in age. So you you're still an active skater, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What well, do you skate? With, you, you skate street day. or do you skate park or what? Everything, man. Everything. I'm just gonna take a nap now. Everything. You guys just go ahead and do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about ready to ask Neil. So you're in Chicago, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Do you do you skate that that uh, that really rad looking like like I think I think it's town kind of downtown that it's kind of a newer park. It looks like it. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's, it looks like it's kind of by the water, but it's downtown. Oh, is it Wilson? You know what I'm talking about probably Wilson, right? I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Wilson. It's yeah, a... I was, I was actually, I actually barged that place when it wasn't even open yet. When they would basically, it was winter, and they just, they just started building it. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, I haven't. That place I, is rad, dude. Yeah, the, I mean, they built a lot of concrete parks all over in the northern suburbs and stuff, and that's where I am. So, um, okay. I normally tend to stay, and normally tend to stay up north. And also, I'm so much older than everybody else that uh, I mm-hmm. find myself skating al- alone a lot these days because people, <laughs> people will be like, "Oh yeah, I know this other old guy." You'll you know, you, he's, you go skate with him, and he'll be like twenty five years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Oh man, no, that's that's really really cool because like I'm kind of in the same boat here in KC. Like I'm forty six, and there's a couple of other like you know mid like early to mid forties guys who skate around, but like I'm the oldest, you know. So it's it's always it's always kind of interesting to you know keep that in mind when I'm trying to keep up with dudes who are fucking twenty years younger than me. Well, right. You know, man, like, yeah. I, they, I, it, Next time I'm in Chicago, man, I'm gonna hit you up, and we're gonna go skate Northtown. Um, I, yeah, I after I <laughs> after I after I shattered my wrist last uh, last May and June, um, I've only skated once since then, and I must admit that accident that uh, it's kind of it's made me think twice about doing it again because it was my right wrist, obviously, so then I couldn't work, you know. So uh, that kind of set me set me back a bit, but uh, dude, I dude, I totally understand that. I actually, you know, I skated from the time I was like twelve or thirteen every day, all day until I was twenty one, and I was on my very first tour ever. I was on tour with this band, with this band, and um, I fucking fell skating on this ramp at this skate park that we were playing. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to play the show. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know 
like my wrist, but I mean, I, it swelled up so bad that like I had to wrap it. And, and, I, and at the time I was like, okay, I need to make a decision here. Cause like, if I'm going to be a musician, I don't think I can be a skateboarder. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I get that I completely. To, yeah. I gotta be careful. And yeah. so I was just, I just kind of had fell out of it and I just like kind of stopped skating. And then, you know, I just never skated really until about three years ago. Um, a friend of mine, like he built a ramp in his backyard and he's like, dude, come by and skate sometime. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll stop by and I'll drop in just to make sure I can still drop in. <laughs> and, and I did. And it just, you know, one thing led to the other. Now I just, I just don't give a fuck if I get hurt now. Like I'd rather, I'd almost, I mean, it sounds terrible, but I think I'd almost rather skate than worry about playing music. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, 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 man, it's so funny, Mike. I'm like, man, I want to come on and help Mike promote his bands, but you're so, you're so like not high on your band. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised you agreed to talk to us at all. Although I do, I do appreciate it. Like I said, I was, I was looking forward to catching up. <laughs> well, so, so Mike, so, um, Going back to the, uh, were you skating in the eighties or not? Uh, 90s, late eighties. Late. I started. I think I got my first like, r- like actual professional skateboard in like eighty. It probably was. It was either eighty seven or eighty eight. So I what think, are we talking? Because, so were you a Powell guy or a Santa Cruz guy or what? Uh, more Powell than Santa Cruz, but I had Santa Cruz boards too. Like I think my first actual like pro board was a Lance Mountain. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The gray, the gray future primitive one. The gray it future was, primitive, yeah, classic. Yeah, and then then I got I got like a Mike Valley after that. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. My first board ever was a John Lucero. Oh, Schmitz, Schmitz, yeah, yeah. The one with the the one with the dude breaking out of the bars. Of the you know, bars, had, yeah, yeah, the classic, like, yeah. Yeah, it had the bars where he was behind it, but then it had the one where he was breaking out of the bars. I had the one where he was breaking out of the bars. Well, do you have any? Um, do you have any of your old boards? Do you still do you collect any old boards or anything like no, that? No, I, 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 I have a couple of old boards, but I've bought them like they're reissues. Okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got some reissues stuff. too. I got a, I got yeah. a fairly decent collection, but I've sold a lot of stuff over the years. But mm. uh, yeah, I, I used to actually we do it. I do it. I used to do a skate zine called Skate and Annoy, and I used to do like a monthly column online oh really yeah about collecting you know oh wow man no kidding do you it, it was it like a blog spot kind of thing or oh uh, it... yeah well we had a we had a we had a website skatingannoy.com and uh i've been doing uh i did the baywatch for like 15 years but uh oh, cool. I, I stopped it about four years ago it's yeah. it's so funny mike we had a guy on last week played bass for a local band here in Grand Rapids called muster plug and he had a new project oh i know we yeah. talked to rick johnson you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, person, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But it was so funny. He was like starstruck because he was a big reader of this eBay column that Neil used to write about skateboard decks in the was it the 90s, <laughs> Neil? Or what was it? Um, I started it in like 2000, did it okay. through like 2015. So but it was, it was, eBay it was, was still just so funny. New. It was just so funny because he was, yeah, I suppose there was no eBay in the 90s. Duh. But it was just so funny. He was like star, starstruck that that was the guy who wrote the, yeah, apparently awesome. this, this column had a, had a, pretty good following back in the day so yeah man, huh. of, man of mystery i guess so do you know you know who the godoys are though right the godoy twins do uh know, do you know them i think so okay yeah, oh these... wait wait were those the two dudes that were on h street like yep. in the early days yep. yeah Mark, yeah the, the tattoo artist dudes right yeah exactly right yeah. so yeah, yeah i'm yeah, gonna yeah, sure. i was gonna try and get them on the show but i had to try and i had to try I had to try and convince Tom that they were actually like uh, in bands and famous and stuff, but uh, you know I'm up yeah. for you know I'm up for whatever, dude. Yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The Godoys, were, yeah, they were cra- crazy dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool, so, man. So, so uh, I don't know. So, should we play a? <laughs> let's play a song from your. Let's play a song from your newest record. 
Yeah. Why don't you do so, that? So so you were talking earlier. We before we started, we were talking a little bit about about you having your records made and stuff. Did you put out all your own records for the most part, Mike? Or I mean, have you put out all the Hip Shack Killer records? For for the most part, uh, our second record was actually kind of a co-release on um, this this label from St. Louis. Well, I mean, the the guy who started it's in St. Louis, but the dude who was basically running it was in Lawrence, Kansas, and it was called. Um, throwing things records okay but uh they basically just like they fronted the money for like the manufacturing mm. and i kind of did everything else but they, they hooked us up with like some uh some minor distribution on that record um so is, and is lock were, love your label then that's my label yeah because i see in like on, in discogs and just on this guy some of it goes back to like 97 well yeah the revolver stuff was all on lock it love too. so you were putting out your own stuff okay yeah so let's oh, we know we know where that comes from, right? Lock it, love. I'll bet you. Do. Yeah, it's a Ramones song. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because <laughs> I, I was it. actually trying to when I was. A lot of people don't about... get that, dude. A lot of people did not get that back in the day. Well, wow. when I was trying to write about that last record, I was trying to Google the the label. I'm like, man, I just cannot find this thing. I cannot find any trace of it. It must be just a a sig- you know self release kind of thing, but um, yeah, because yeah, it exists in my apartment in two like you know. <laughs> boxes there you go. well and i saw the throwing things and then lock it love i'm like oh i wonder if it's just like a if he gives every record a slightly different label since he's putting them out himself and just always have like alliteration lock it love throwing uh-huh. things you know but no I guess I was, no that, I, was, see, I was thinking that, too much that second <laughs> yeah. that second hip shot killer record like that almost didn't come out like the band was basically done Hmm. um at the end of like 2015 um because we just had i mean like massive massive drummer issues like hmm. you know like this you know this one guy was going to play then he had to quit and then this guy was going to play but then he didn't want we it didn't work out and then we got this other guy who was just like a complete fucking asshole and like at the end of it i was like you know what i'm done with this i just don't care anymore like i i'm sick of these fucking songs i'm like in that record they will try to kill us all had been done for like over a year you know, more or less. And I, I almost I almost released it as one track on Bandcamp. Like I was <laughs> So you can sell it for like a buck. I was just gonna give it for free, but yeah, like it was it was gonna be one track. It was just gonna be called the director's cut. It was like thirty eight minutes long. I think I still have a copy of that someplace. <laughs> but uh this dude Corey, the guy from Throwing Things, like he stepped in and he was just like, Hey, I wanna put out your record. I'm like really he's like yeah man i'm like well fucking prove it and so next thing you know he gave me some money i'm like oh okay shit i guess i gotta get a drummer and then you know buddy the guy who plays in hip shot killer now like he had been on the revolvers who had just done the revolvers had actually just done a couple of shows sort of like reunion shows and he was like well hey just let me play i'm like okay cool and and so i mean literally in a span of like 48 hours like wow the band's back together and we're putting out a record (laughs) <laughs> it was like like damn i almost had i was almost free of this fucking thing and <laughs> so well, now, thanks a lot guy from throwing things huh? <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so was this the drama that was into uh king crimson and stuff yes that, that's the, yeah, guy? He's the okay. guy he's the guy who's still in the band to to this day well and nice. it's funny because you t- you told us i don't remember if you said it on air or, or while we were talking before that he's quite a bit older than you he must have been like middle-aged when you guys were in your 20s right oh yeah dude no when he joined the revolvers it was funny because like you know, uh, he he was in he was in this killer band from here who you should totally look up. But Tom, you'd probably really like them. They were called the Sin City Disciples. Hmm. Never yeah. heard of them. Real like super like heavy like garagey punk blues kind of stuff with like 
this gigantic fucking fat dude who used to play harmonica and sing. I mean, they're <laughs> way ahead of their fucking time. I mean, imagine like, you know, Jesus lizard crossed with muddy waters. I mean, they were huh. really killer stuff. Like they played, um, like they, they, they toured with Fugazi and like played with a bunch of other bands like back in the day. It was, it was really, really cool. Hmm. But when, uh, when the, we were getting the revolvers together, you know, like I was like, oh man, I should ask that dude from Sensei Disciples if he wants to play because I know that like he's not in a band anymore. And so I go over to his house, we're hanging out, we're talking, and I'm like, man, how how much how old are you? And he was 39 at the time, and I was like, wow, that is fucking ancient, man. Like, who <laughs> even gets to be 39? Like that's old as fuck. <laughs> that's crazy. Because <laughs> yeah. I was 20, I was like, I barely, I barely turned 22, and it's like, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, Tom, you could probably like you know sort of like recognize this where it's like you know in 1994 95 it's like we didn't know anybody who was in their 40s and into punk rock no. or skating. like that just didn't exist yet i you still know, so barely like a, i still barely know anybody who's in their 40s into punk rock that's why i hang out with this old geezer over across <laughs> the uh, internet airwaves <laughs> that's that's our actually that's our audience mike is guys who like have no scene and like we were their were their scene you know yeah yeah well, hey, all we're, right we're the young guys I mean, but yeah. you know it's funny because we were joking the other day because we had one of the other forty plus year old guys from the scene on uh, my buddy Cole from the Lippies, and I said, "Man, Cole, the last time we were all at the same show it was me and Cole and my buddy and another buddy of ours, and there was literally four f- people there in their forties, and we were all just standing, <laughs> standing shoulder to shoulder, standing at the bar, PBR, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And well. it's just like, well, but but you know, I guess I, I part of it's just a stubbornness. That it's like, you know, my mother told me I would outgrow this, but, you know, I'm refusing to outgrow this. Like, this is, I don't know, it's like the mafia or something, you know, to oh, me. dude, you don't, you don't outgrow you something. You can't get out. Like, no. Or, no, or, you or don't. skateboarding or, like, any kind of, any kind of, uh, like, something culturally that, like, you identify with so intensely that it becomes, like, part of your, your personality and your individualism. I mean, especially something that's like individual in and of itself, sort of like punk rock can be and like skateboarding. I mean, like you, you don't get rid of that stuff if it if it like if you, if it becomes part of you. And, and when it does, it's, it usually happens at a very young age. Like, no, you'll never get rid of that. I mean, you know, you might you'll certainly change, I think, in a personality wise. And we certainly you know, you're probably not going to go to your nine to five job with spiked fucking hair or anything. But you're still going to have that general attitude. Well, that see, sort of like the, the that, funny that the know, funny thing I mean, is I mean, almost almost some, sometimes sometimes to to a fault. You know, like I just talk I talk about this with Brandon Phillips quite often about how like we just have this kind of like DIY mentality, this like Ian Mukai Discord records thing where it's just like, no, man, my records can't be more than $15. Like that's that's too much. And when I should be charging like $25 for my records, because that's how much it costs each one to make. But I still it's just it's just against my like everything mm-hmm. in my nature to ask somebody to pay 20 bucks for my record when like everybody that like that's just like the going price on it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See, I was going to say the, the funny thing is when you get to a certain age. And I think I've hit that age. Now, when I go into work, I actually have stopped giving a shit. So if I wanted to have spiked hair, if I want to get, you know, my next thing, my next thing is hand tattoos or whatever. Yeah, you can you know. say those hand tattoos. Yeah, you better hold up, buddy. Well, no, I'm. Yeah. You know, hey, which one of you guys is it? Which one of you guys had the sirens in the background? That wasn't me. I think that was no, our boy down there in KC. Oh, that, was, that definitely was me, dude. I live in I live in the hood, man. Yeah. <laughs> ah, good for you. No. 
good oh, for you. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I just I heard it. I was actually going to say, which one of you guys, which one of your ghetto asses is in the hood and the the thing in the background? But no, it's it's all good. Hey Tom, you know, um, you you, you want to hear something? Well, you want to hear something I don't funny? Live in the hood man, I live in the city. All right. Yeah. There you go. You want to hear something I was, funny? I was this, gonna play a song. Neil, yes, where are we at? I was. I was about to say this is how much our song, our show goes off the rails. You <laughs> you started introducing a song ten minutes ago, and we've been like a hundred places since then. So, All what, right, what do, are we gonna let's play? Do, let's do a song for the brand new album, which came out last year. It's ca- it's called "This Time, All This Time Is Ours." Came, yeah, like I said, 2019, and it's uh, let's do "Places We Want to Be." So this is "Places We Want to Be" from "All This Time Is Ours." Shot killer with places we want to be. So I, I got a question based on a little discog stock stalking, Mike. Did you play in a Parasites record? Uh, yeah, yeah. You so know that? How, how did this? You happen? know that? You know that band I was telling you about earlier that I was on tour when I broke my wrist skateboarding. Yep, that was okay. the band I was on tour with. With the Parasites. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, because we had so Dave. You were just fill, you were just like filling in as second guitarist or something. Uh, I mean, technically I was in the band at the time, but, uh, I wasn't in the band. Like, I mean, okay. I, I just, I just came on for a tour and then I split, um, okay. once, once the tour was done. Where was he at of, at the time? Was he, uh, he wasn't in Chicago yet. Uh, I didn't know he was in Chicago at all. Uh, he was in Berkeley, California at the time. Oh, really? During like the heyday of like the pop punk heyday. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Oh yeah. No, that's, yeah, that, that's actually... that, that, that could be a whole other set of fucking stories if you, care to hear them <laughs> i actually do I, I don't know about today but i do actually want to hear that because it's it's interesting we had dave on and oh, really? neil, neil and i have both met dave individually he used to run a little record label 
mm-hmm. when he was in the in the Chicago area. It's called Kid Tested, and he reissued a bunch of Sloppy Seconds records. And I know, and we know them, and so there's a, a connection there. And I saw the Parasites, whoever they are now, open for Sloppy a couple times. And Neil, you met him just playing at a show at Reggie's or something, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, about six months ago. Yeah, that Richard Ramone show. Yeah. Six months ago, I bet you it's a year and a half ago, dude. <laughs> yeah, six years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever, whatever. No, it was last. It was last summer. I swear it was because yeah. But he's he's an interesting show. he's an interesting dude and a super nice dude. But he's not uh, uh, you know, he's not he, he's not real volunteer. Doesn't volunteer a lot of information. You know, he's just a real private guy. Which he's is dry, very know, dry. Yeah, yeah. His his humor is very very dry. Almost almost like British dry. But anyway, you know, no, I actually. <laughs> so what does I that actually, make me? I don't know what that makes. Me. I, I don't know. You're a wow. You're a that's... Moist, you're you're a moist British person, you know. <laughs> Whatever the you're fuck never, that you're means. You're never usually well. You're never usually dry. You almost always have a glass of gin and something in front of you, right? That's yeah. So I'm drinking right now. As a matter of fact, congratulations. <laughs> Good I'm man. not. I'm not because you know I have to. Uh, You'd have to pee five times. If I, you did. Exactly. I can't. I can't. I can't sit around and talk to somebody for an hour and a half without uh, <laughs> without going pee if I do. So. So you recorded? Did you do the whole Rat Ass Pie album then, or what? What did you? No, or did you... no, 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 uh-uh. no. I I was on, uh, I I was never really on anything. I'm not even exactly sure the stuff that I recorded on, like what it got released on. I just know that I did a session with them on the tour that I did with them, and I think we recorded like eight or nine songs. I don't remember what songs they were. I don't remember the names of them. I just know that they showed up on something somewhere. So I don't know. Maybe they just me on rat ass So I'm you're not, not sure. getting, which year would this getting, have been? Would this have been I like was, in the mid nineties? Yeah, it would have been like 90. Let's see. I was on a tour with them in 95. That's right. Yeah. Cause I turned 21 on that tour. And then wow. I, as soon, as soon as I came back uh, from that tour, I got back, from that or like i moved back from berkeley like christmas 95 and then the revolvers played our first show like i think like barely two months later what other what other big name bands have you played in that you're not telling us about hey hold I mean, on a sec I, I hold, to, hold, hold, hold to, on i hate it's, to say big names hey, I know parasites aren't exactly let me let, name, let me break in he was on rat ass pie he's he's credited and in this but i wonder if it's like bonus tracks for a reissue or something he says cameo yeah. cameo appearance there you go that's what it Dude, says, you're my not, friend. You're telling me you're not getting huge mechanical royalties checks <laughs> quarterly for this no, for I'm participation just, in that. No, I'm just gonna have to know. I'm gonna have to go to my fucking grave now that I'm credited on a record called Rat Ass Pie. Now, well, no, <laughs> no. You know what? I just, fig- I just, I just figured this out though. It's an, it's an anagram of parasites. So mm. it's actually, it's actually pretty clever when you think about it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> mm. <laughs> telling you what, it's a great album. So if, if you guys are if, not picking up on this, I'm yeah, you're I'm not, not a, I'm not a big fan of Dave. <laughs> oh man, come right out and say it. Are we, no, are we no, gonna, that, let's get that, it. That, that's and, okay. Let's get I it. Actually, I actually would love to. No, check it out. It's, no, okay. Let me let me just, no, let me just say this. Let me. I'm just gonna yep, do. Yep. I'm just gonna say this and get it out of the way. Yep. Okay. Um, when I played when I played with those guys, I was really young. I was yep. really pissed. I was really stupid. I was really yep. just. I was 20 years old. You know, I was all the things you are when you're 20 years old. And then, you know, we, we did some touring with them uh, as the Revolvers a few years later. And, you know, some things went down that just uh, I, I was I was really, really uh, they really fucking pissed me off. And it's uh, it's really kind of stayed with me uh, since then. Uh, basically, like when I was on tour with the Parasites, uh, I was well, about halfway through it. I was like, you know, I want to start my own band and I'm learning everything that I I want that band to not be. Wow. On this tour. Yeah. What was it? Now, was you, it money you, stuff or what? 
No, uh, uh-uh. no, it okay. was just, it was, it was just, it was just attitude. It was just a uh, general. Oh man, uh, this what, uh, what sucks, Neil, is you uh, know the after was... show is going to be so good today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When we hear all the stories, get behind the. You curtain. know, normally, we, you know, normally we we sign off and 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 you know maybe we need to leave the tape running. We get to the really good, good juicy stuff. Huh? But no, I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I. You, I don't want to seem like the kind of guy that like you know holds some kind of grudge, man. I don't really necessarily have a grudge to hold against Dave necessarily. Yeah. I just, uh, he's I, just, I, I just he's not your favorite person. He's not my favorite person. I've just never been a, a big fan of him. And uh, you know, I, I I will say this, you know, like he saw me play in like this uh, this other little pop punk band I was playing in in Kansas City. Like we opened for the Parasites, and he was like, "Hey, you're a great guitar player. You should come play with me." And I was like. All right, sure. So I, I will I will give him that. Like I I got to do a, a whole national tour with like a you know a pretty big independent punk rock band at the time. You maybe so, should put that, that was, a little higher on. You should maybe put that a little higher on your resume. Yeah, sell but I don't, a little more. But I don't care. I know fact. you don't you don't care about your resume. No. I get that. I've gotten yeah, that I, impression over the last hour or so. He, he just he just he just wants to skate and destroy. Just leave him alone. Exactly. Well, that. But I mean, I'm just saying, like musically. I mean, it just. I mean, I got to, I got to I got to go play some shows that was cool. But like, I'm not I'm not proud of the music I played with them. I mean, I'm not I'm definitely not proud of any of the recording I did with them. So oh. why talk about it? Interesting. Oh. I, I, that's a shame because huh. that's that's that is actually a great album that you were on. That you were the cameo performance or whatever. Whatever that means. You know. What yeah. You know that's what a great. That is you a great album though. Royalties. You know, I was yeah. just talking. I was just talking to uh, me and the. the the, the singer for the revolvers are still real good friends. And uh, I was talking to him the other night and like Dave had sent me a demo tape of all of the new songs that would re- that would eventually come out on rat ass pie. And like the demo versions of those songs were fucking really good. Mm. And then when I, when I heard that record, come out, I don't mean to be shitting all over this record that like Neil, that you obviously like, but when I, when it, when it finally came out, I was like, Oh man, they like, really like, sped up a bunch of the things I mean, they shouldn't have been sped up and it's just real muddy sounding and hmm. i don't know it's like, i think it's just because you know when you just you get used to hearing songs uh, performed in a certain way i mean we really we listen to that demo tape a lot because i mean those songs are really good and i just you know when the record came out i was just kind of bummed on it hmm. so so if somebody's looking so you're on band camp and all that right like like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna if, even if you're not going to i'm gonna encourage people to go on like <laughs> I can sell it for you. <laughs> and check out your stuff. As a matter of fact, now I hope this is maybe we, I don't know, maybe I can talk to you. I mean, I would love I would love for people to do that. I uh, I mean, I'm I'm really proud of all of our records. I I like it very much if people would listen to I, them. And I want to I want to actually I, I don't know when I hope hopefully maybe Neil can get this up tomorrow because tomorrow will be Thursday, the end of we're at the very end of April right now because I think it was May 1st. They're doing a thing like on Bandcamp or Bandcamp's not getting any fees or something like that. Oh yeah, they already did something like that a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, they did. But I think they're doing it again. I think it was the first. Is I think it's the first of May. But anyway, so yeah, you should go check out the go check out um, Hipshot Killer on Bandcamp. And I think uh, are all of your LPs still available? Or oh when, yeah, yeah, they're all available. So you can download if you're the digital type, which uh-huh. Neil and I aren't, but I know a lot of you are. And you can uh, check out some Hipshot Killer. You can listen to it before you buy it, and you can have Michael send you a record, and they'll show up eventually. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's if you're, it's if you're in the United States, they'll show up in a couple of days. But well, you think, but you UK, think, though. but you know yeah. what? You know what's funny? So Neil and I are both big Discog guys, and right now there's no there's no record stores open, right? So, nope. so we're ordering things just to keep ourselves sane, and you know we're at home most of the time, and blah blah blah. So Neil, I ordered a bunch of records from Chicago. 
Yeah. And they were supposed to show up Monday, right? Tracking number and all that. And I'm watching it. And they don't show up Monday. Okay, no big deal. Tuesday, the status goes to between terminals or something. I'm 165 miles from Chicago, right? I could drive them to you, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then today, the it's updated, my tracking number. My package has arrived in Pittsburgh. Now, I don't know if, I don't know if you guys uh, are good at geography or not. It's called media mail, dude. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Man, I can't believe I had to pay an see, extra 50 cents for see, those who did you order? Who did you order them from? What was the name of the place? It, it, well, it's not the fault of the person who shipped it. It is. It was, it was someone like, like Hip United, Kids or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I think. but I think the United States Post Office right now is in such a, a state of disarray because there's such a heavy volume. It's well, pretty you look, at, you look at it, you know, I know you're working, Mike. Neil's working from home. I'm working from home every other week. And when I'm home during the week, like today, I'm like a retired person. The mail is the freaking highlight of my day. I sit there staring. <laughs> I sit there staring longingly out the window. And I, you can't imagine how disappointed I was on Monday when my tracking number said my package was going to come on Monday before 8 p.m., right? And the mail came at 4. I'm like, they're not making a second trip around to deliver my records. I know they're not coming. So anyway, I have to listen to the other thousands of units of crap I've accumulated over my life, you know? <laughs> but it's not enough. The best record is the one I haven't listened to yet. That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Are you, you a vinyl collector, Mike? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I work at a record store, actually. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, but we're we're closed. Obviously, we're closed right now. So, so what, what's the, what's the name of the store? Uh, it's Revolution Records. Okay, in Kansas City. Yeah, in, in Kansas, Kansas City. City. And okay. we, we actually we're putting everything on Discogs right now. Like literally everything in our store is going on. Discogs. I think I think I might have bought something from you guys before. Actually, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, um, you might have. So um, we got some killer stuff right now. Too. You doing some like curbside pickup or something? Are they what are they doing to try to survive this thing? Uh, well, I mean, just Discogs. Yeah, they're just everything's going on Discogs and Discogs hmm. or eBay. Like we have a bunch of uh, we have a ton of books hmm. um, that are all going on eBay, and we have a lot of uh, like stereo equipment and you know turntables and speakers and shit like that. And that that's all that's all getting all getting loaded up. So so I haven't been to Kansas City for many many years. It's probably been it's probably pushing ten years. I have a, a good friend who I travel with quite a bit. Neil's met him. And we were doing trying to get to all the baseball stadiums. Oh, cool! That was kind of our passion for a while. So we went and saw the Royals, which is out in the middle of freaking nowhere. The stadium. Yeah, our stadium's pretty far out there. Um, but it was cool. And it's a cool uh, stadium, man. Yeah, it's like it's still ninety degrees in September, of course. Oh, hey, that's and, uh, <laughs> and uh, but you know, we went to like the Westport area, and we did explain. We loved. There was a lot of things about Kansas City that we really loved. But I didn't know anybody out there at the time. Now that I know a handful of people out there, if I ever do make it back out there, I definitely am gonna. Had to meet meet for some drinks and some lunch or something. Oh, but. for sure, dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, so yeah, it's, it's, by the sounds of it, you're not planning to <laughs> tour the area anytime soon and come see me. So <laughs> I might have to. Make you that you know what? Actually, uh, we we were going to tour with uh, you know that band Field Day. It's oh, like yeah, yeah, that's like the the guys from Dag Nasty, right? Yeah, it's the two guys from Dag Nasty. Yeah, I had gone to see them um, in St. Louis back in I think like September or something, and I kind of hit now, it. Now St. Louis to KC is pretty long drive, like four hours, right? Yeah, it's four hours. It's not long. I mean, you, you I can, mean by Midwestern standards, but yeah, that's a long. But it's too far to drive there and drive back the same night if you're going. Oh, to no, we, no, no, no way. We do that all uh, the time. See, for back, me, Detroit's three. Detroit's three hours, right? And I won't do it anymore. I just can't. <laughs> like I'll spend the, like I'll spend the night. 
But I mean, and, that's, maybe that's well, a luxury uh, problem. Get, get some coffee, throw on liveage, uh, and just fucking do last it. Last time I tried to do it, my daughter and I did it, and I thought I was going to kill us. I got to Lansing. I'm still like an hour from home, and I thought I was going to die. Um, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I think it's a luxury problem. Usually I can just afford to get a room, so I just get a room. Yeah. I mean, and it's, Uber, and it's, Uber it. Like I said, I'm, I'm a drinker, so I'll just Uber, you know, right. Uber, not have to worry about no, it. No, I mean, for sure. I, I get that. But uh, no, same, when, we've, when you're in your 40s, driving. you want a certain level of comfort, dude, you know? Yeah, well, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, so you met the guys from Field Day. This is I, I want to hear this actually. Tell, yeah, tell, well, tell well, I, from Field Day. well, I just uh, you know I'm a huge, huge Dag Nasty fan, yep. and I, I had a record that I wanted those guys to sign, so they did. And I just kind of ended up hitting it off with Doug, the bass player, and we're just kind of okay. talking. And next thing you know, it's like I'm just like, yeah, I got a band. He's like, well, are you good? are you guys good? I'm like, yeah, we're good. He goes, well, let's do some shows together. I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it. And next thing you know, we're planning a fucking tour. So Hipshot uh, was going to go out with, with Field Day. Yeah, well, I mean, basically what Field Day does, they just kind of go to different parts of the United States oh. for like three or four days at a time. Like flying. Like, you know, yeah, they fly in and you know, they'll play three or four shows like around the Chicago area or they'll fly in and do sure. three or four shows around New York. And so he was just like, yeah, man, like, you know, would you guys be OK with us like using your gear, you know, so we can basically like, you know, we'll we'll basically use your gear and that'll yep. be, like, you know, you guys get to play with us kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, man, we can do that. And so we were we were talking about it. I mean, eventually, like we were thinking, about, like, yeah, we'll do we'll do KC, Omaha, St. Louis, Chicago or, or I was even thinking I was like, well, shit. And we can just like I'll just call up Tom and go to Grand Rapids after that. There you go. Uh, yeah. Like once we get done. So, I mean, there, like there were plans get hmm. albeit, you know, tentative for sure. That, that's the, too bad. That would have been cool. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd still like to do that. Maybe I mean, 2021, once. huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I my, I, I, I kind of think this whole uh, lockdown on like big concerts is going to last a lot longer than people are, well, are even even conceiving right now. The big clubs or the big venues, yeah, are going to be screwed for a while. And even once they open back up, a lot of people are going to be too scared. I think club shows. We had we had a guy in to talk to him, and it was it was kind of an off the record thing. And I don't, I and this is not set in stone by any stretch of the imagination. But the club that he works for, which is a club you played at in GR, I won't say the name, but but you you know right. you know what I'm talking I know, about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, sure. Great great club. One of my favorite places. It's probably my favorite place in town to see a show. Actually, yeah, it's dope. Um, it's fun. But uh, the, the word around the campfires that the bar itself might be open by summer, but that shows probably aren't going to pick back up till the fall, and that's club shows. So you can imagine going to mm-hmm. you know a, a football stadium or something. Yeah, and I mean I, I think that is very optimistic. Yeah, maybe. But it's it's also very depressing because I didn't realize how important and you know, Neil and I have done like two or three podcasts where we just talked about shows that were canceled that we were gonna go to. And it's only it's only the end of April, you know. And it's I don't think you realize what a little what those little joys mean to your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a luxury problem. I get it. We're we'll be okay, you know, but but those are your little mental vacations, you know, your little escape from reality my yeah, chance to go sure. hang out with my buddy in chicago and drink too yeah. much you know yeah totally i mean like yeah what's you still what's there Neil, or did you go take a what's... leak i'm still here i'm trying to find field day on discogs as a matter of fact but i can't find anything they... are you with the band i know I've heard, I've heard a couple of their songs i mean they, they just now i mean literally like i think like last week or the week before that released their first seven inch Oh, maybe I didn't hear this one. Maybe I just read some news about him or something. Okay, because yeah. Dag Nasty have an album, obviously called Field Day, but yes. I'm not seeing. Well, I'm seeing albums by other bands, but not that, not that version of Field Day. 
Yeah, I think if you, uh, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. Like if you just look up Field Day Band, uh, I can't remember what the song's called. It's pretty good. Ah, uh, hell. it's that, That'd be a good match for you guys. Both kind of like a melodic, but still kind of driving punk rock. I mean, you yeah, know, not the fans yeah. to have to and, sound and the, the thing same of it is, The thing of it is, like, you know, we, we went and saw them kind of thinking like, yeah, this this who knows what this is going to be like, you know, and yeah. they they were just fucking so good. They were just killer. It's funny. These older punk bands away now, good were. your older hero punk bands, it tends to go 80 percent of the time. You're blown away at how good they still are. You know, like the damned last scene, the damned last year going, wow, oh, yeah. the damned are still really good. But there is that 20 percent, the Richie Ramon thing, right? You know, the 20 oh, percent where painful. you go see him and you're just like, yeah, man, this is who really the- Fuck would Ghosty Richie Ramone do anything? Well, I mean, the two of I us. Don't, I don't. I just don't understand. What like? What did he do? Did he play? Did he play shit from fucking Animal Boy? Well, or, well, well, uh, well here's, he played, here's what he it was. He played stuff from the first album. They here's what it was. Greek Bob and stuff badly. Oh God, that's so depressing. Bro. Here's here's what it was. It was it was, it was a living. It was it was it was a club show in Chicago, and, and I, I get shit for playing in fucking cover bands. That's fucking ridiculous. Re- Reggie's. I'm sure. I'm sure you know Reggie's. Yeah, and it was it was it was Richie Ramone and the Parasites and Squirt Gun. So it was a pretty good bill. <laughs> Now, <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Oh man, I would love to see Mass and those guys. Those guys yeah. were fucking rad dudes. Right. I really, really enjoyed those people. So, Parasites were great. Squirt Gun were good. And then Richard Ramone came on. There was probably like 50 people in the club. After about five songs, there was about 20 people left in the club. And then I, and then I left. It was like it was like watching it was like watching Sylvester Stallone fronting a Ramones cover band. That's oh, basically wow. what it was like. Hey, was was uh was Jeez. the was the session you did with the Parasites, was that with Mass? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that so, was like the coolest part of it. Like, Mass was so great. Mass and Flav and Dan, um, those guys were really, really cool. They were really super rad to me, too, like in particular. Oh, so like, Dan Precision was – okay, I got you. Yeah, Dan – well, what was Dan's last name? Dan um, – like Polish. Lovery? Right? Lovery or – I, I want to like, say it started with an L, but I, I might be I wrong. I think it starts with a W. I think it's kind of like Polish or Russian or something. Anyway, yeah, you know what? I who was it doesn't it? matter. Mr. Precision will call him. Call him by his <laughs> call him by his Christian name, Mr. Precision. Yeah, but, uh, but that was really yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. No, like, I, I, I actually I have a friend who works. I've been in I've been in Sinai Iguana, which is pretty obviously nondescript from the outside at least. Oh yeah. Um, but I have a fr- I have a friend who I think still works there occasionally. I want to have him on. I think Neil's against it, but I think we're gonna try it anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but I was but, like I'm the you, asshole. All right. No, 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 I'm just giving you a hard time. Hey, but the, the, you know you know who you guys should talk to, um, especially if you want to you know if you you want to have some 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 true like behind the scenes punk rock uh, history lesson stuff is uh, Matt Drastic, who um, what is Matt's? See that doesn't ring a bell. What's he from? He was the drummer in the Teen Idols. Hmm. I know and I'm aware of them. I have a couple of their albums. He's now uh, he's played with a number of bands over there. He was in the Queers, in and out of the Queers for okay. years. We're years gonna have Joe. At, we're, we're actually going to have Joe. Pretty. Are we have Joe. Soon. Oh well, cool. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. You should you should definitely talk to Matt because I'm sure Matt can tell you some very illuminating things about Joe Queer as well. Um, <laughs> I know it. Joe's another no, one of those very, Matt, very polarizing figures. Yeah. Joe's rad, dude. Joe's a, Joe's. No, a I, every time Actually, I met him, I thought he was pretty cool. Yeah, this band I was in uh, years and years and years and years ago called the Breakups. Uh, we actually got back together a year ago uh, 
and the queers came out and played. Well, we played with them, but they they basically there's this guy named Keith Patterson here in Kansas City who's been friends with Joe Queer for decades and decades. Like he was the guy who brought them through in the first place. And uh, it was, he was turning 60. And so the queers heard about it and they're like, well, Hey, we want to come in and play for his 60th birthday party. And so they did. And my old band, the breakups, we opened for him. It was, it was a, it was, it was so a fun night. I mean, every, every, <laughs> I mean, you bring up a new band every five minutes. That uh, wasn't, well, I mean, that was like a band with- that, I was only in that band for like, you know, eight or nine months. I mean, dude, back in the day, like we just, everything happened so fast. You would just be like running to some guys, you know, at a show. Just be like, hey man, you, come you like guitar drums? Yeah, you want to play guitar? Cool, we're, we're practicing tomorrow. All right, we got a gig mm-hmm. Friday. Cool, see you there. So how did I you mean, find that's... your experience playing with Screeching Weasel? Was Ben really an asshole or was he all right? Uh, I... no, it, was a, it was a joke. They've gone through so many people. It seems like you must have done a stint with him at some point. Well, you know, it's it's fun. It's funny you mention that because a really really good friend of mine was playing bass for them for a second, and mm. he he was like, "Hey man, I think our guitar player is going to bail. Like, would you be into it?" I'm like, I'm "Like, yeah, I would," <laughs> but I guess it never happened. Man, you would have you would have the best resume if you worked it a little bit, Mike. You need, you need to work that work that resume so you could talk to people like us for you know. No money or career advancement. <laughs> so, <laughs> bringing this bringing this full 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 circle, you were just talking about the drummer Matt Drastic, right? Yeah. So he played he played on one Parasites album too. <laughs> oh, he did. That's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah. Those yeah. days were so. Record. Those That's days were so um like that that pop punk scene was so sort of incestuous. Yeah, I mean he played no on the, he played with the Queers, Ben Weasel, the Methadones, the Parasites, and the Copyrights. How about that? Wow, yep. most of those yeah. people can't half those people can't stand the other half anymore. Yeah, man, interesting. Well, and also he he also he's in uh, Less Than Jake now too, and he's also their manager. Oh, I saw them wow. at fe- I saw them at he's Fest, and I must have seen him at Fest last. Uh, huh. When was that? Yeah, Last sure. October. Yeah. Man, I gotta tell you. Okay, so let's 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 uh let's play one more song and then we'll come back because I let's do let's do like a fast one off the last record. You had let's you do, had one called Still Ill. Uh, yeah, let's do that. I was I, I was I was hoping it was about, a, I was hoping it was a Smiths cover personally. That's but. the idea, dude. <laughs> That's totally the idea. <laughs> Is it really? You get yeah. you stole oh, yeah. it. Well, interesting. Because it's one of the, it's one of the faster songs in the record, if I remember right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's mid tempo. It's not the fastest song on the record, but it, it's, it's mid tempo enough. Mm. It was actually just like a working title. Like, you know how, you know, you'll, you'll just have, you'll have a working title for a song. I was just like, it, it just reminded me of that Smith song or, it, you know, it just sounded like it to me and it just stuck. I was like, dude, fuck it. I'm just going to put it so out. You never gave it another title? There you no, go. I just kept it that way. All right. This is, this is a uh, hip shot killer. Still ill. <laughs>
Okay, still ill by the Hipshot Killers. Not as actually, good as the Smith yeah. song, but you know what, what yeah. is really, well, you know? what is exactly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's actually uh, it's actually Hipshot Killer. Hip- oh, I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> it's, it's, was it, I saying was I saying Killers too? I don't think I was. No, I don't think so. No. Well, so where does that name come from? As a matter of fact, I was interested in that. Where does that come from? Um. I call uh, those little like hip shot, uh, those little flasks that you can get. I think it's like a, it's like a, how much is that? Like a, what's a, there's a pint, it's a half pint, like a half pint of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the little pocket pint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little pocket pint. Yeah, I was calling those hip shots for years. And, and we we're, we we're kind of practicing, we we're, were getting the band together and we we're like working on songs and stuff. And I was just like, I had one of those and I drank it and I'm like, man, I'm really killing these things. I was like, oh, hip shot killer. There we go. There Interesting. Go. Very good. Was it? Yep. And when, when you slowed down later and you're drinking, were you kind of like, uh, man, uh, I wish I wouldn't have needed the band that, or were you just like, did you start changing the narrative to like sawed off shotgun or something? <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, actually someone asked me about it. Uh, a couple of years ago and I was just kind of like, yeah, I wish I kind of wish it came from something different, but then I was just like, why? I mean, it's a cool name. I mean, who cares yeah. where it came from? I agree. So anyway, yeah, go to go on the hip shot killer band camp and have <laughs> Mike send you some records. They may go through, you know, Alaska before they get to you, but eventually they'll get go to around you. the world. Right. Or yeah. if, if you get to hear this by May 1st, you could, if you're, these if, days, you, man, if you're sure. a digital person, download the record and Mike will get to keep all the money for himself. That's right. And, and, uh, I don't know what else, Mike, yeah. If you got anything else to say, cause we, we, we tend to, we will go forever if you let us, but I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm going, man, we're going to have Mike back on to talk about the rest of the band. These bands he's played. In. <laughs> but, uh, no maybe maybe someday you'll actually want to like promote something and then you can hit us up again so so uh, you know see there, there therein lies therein lies the trick it's like i i hate promoting anything i don't like yeah. talking about my music i don't like talking about my band i mean I like, this is it's fun that we're having a conversation yeah about yeah well and, and we try and but, we do try to disarm people we're not like yeah you know but, we're but not I, like i just like it is near it is impossible for me to just like cold call someone or, or have to like uh i don't know describe my band or my yeah. music in an email to somebody actually in the initial uh punk news like when i was trying to get i think they will try to kill us all when i was trying to get that reviewed on punk news like i had emailed uh is it John? Yeah, John. John, I, I, I got him somehow. And he was just like, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, what's what your deal? Like, you know, describe he's the your band. Gay, he's the gatekeeper. Yeah, I know. He's like, describe your band. And I was just like, oh, dude, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I, I emailed my friend and I was like, dude, you like this. Give me like, give me a paragraph. Give me a paragraph of what you think we sound like. Like, I just, I just couldn't do it, you know? And <laughs> I mean, and, and, and that, and that has like, sort of like manifests itself into like a number of other kind of reasons why I think that we're not nearly as known or successful as we probably should be just because like, I just, it's, it's impossible for me to fucking sell it. I mean, like when the last hard to do that. And I don't think most of us are wired that way. And when you meet people that are wired that way, you're kind of like, Wow, they're usually salesmen or something, right? Yeah, yeah, they're gross. Like I don't fucking like people. Like yeah, that. yeah, you know, you know, I actually kind of agree with that. Bands, and it's, and <laughs> and you know, and it's like it's like we're doing this, we're doing this thing. Neil and I are doing this thing, and we we man, we're having a great time, honestly. I mean, if you can't tell, yeah, it's something. Idea. But by the same token, I, I I you know, it's still kind of like self-deprecating to me. It's like it's just two guys sitting around talking about 
punk rock stuff or whatever, taking their wife out to dinner, whatever we talk, you know, whatever we talk <laughs> right. about. The weather. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, it, but it's, you know, but I, 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 but by the same token, I want people to listen, you know, I, I, I like it. And most people who listen seem to seem to enjoy our, our endless rambling. rambling. So, yes, yeah, tell, exactly. Tell them what it was going to be called originally. Cause it wasn't going to be called this originally at no, all. No, it was, it was actually going to be called old men shouting at clouds. It was like a Simpsons reference. <laughs> You know that there's like a there's like a Simpsons reference where Grandpa Simpson is shaking his fist, but believe it or not, there's already an old man shouting at clouds podcast or something or or yeah. So we had to come up with something else real fast. So we had no name. So this was just like a last minute name, and and maybe it'll come around to bite us in the butt. But the truth of the matter is, it's kind of become. It's just like a name. After a while, you get used to it, and it's just like the name. But I I do make the joke that you know we poser still we die was already taken, so we're taking we're taking. and, 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 you, guys, and, you guys are just going to have to have Kevin Seconds come on and, and talk about. There you go. You got, him, you, got, you got his number, dude. Pass that along. I can call him up. Definitely. Oh, I'm sure you can get in touch with him on well, Facebook without. Well, I said it, it's shocking to me right now because no bands can play the the level of people who seem to be available to us. And it's I'm just, sure. it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, you know, I'm talking above Mike Alexander level people. You know, don't, don't, don't insult our guest. Dude, I made, the, I made the exact same joke with our guest yeah. last week. So, no, but I, like I said, I, I, I just, you know, I also, you know, we're Midwesterners, right? Yeah. We are, we are, we are humble people and we are people who like to help each other out though. And that's why, you know, I don't need to, you know, so we're kind of, I definitely, I always like helping people. If I like somebody, I want to help them out. I want people to know about their stuff. So anyway. Check out Hipshot Killer. We're gonna let you go, Mike. And uh, hey, man, we really appreciate you coming on. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was. And I can't wait. I can't wait till we stop recording so I can hear the real dirt on all the uh, all the people you've worked with over the years. We're gonna be up all night. Oh, dude. <laughs> but, no, ser- seriously, Mike. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. I I, I really enjoyed catching up with you. I hope uh, one of these days we uh, can get together in person, do whatever you know, do yeah, whatever we so. do. Stand around, stand around, BSing at the club till they throw us out. Me too. I imagine we'd probably get that happening. Probably. <laughs> so, all right. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Punk Till I Die uh, podcast on Facebook and Punk Till I Die 77 at Gmail. Gmail. Yep. Neil, be safe. Mike, be yep. safe, man. We'll yep. talk to you soon. Thanks, Stay free, everybody. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.